0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. How many are glad to be here this morning? You do know this is better than jail. Come on now. <laughs> and the lieutenant said, yes, amen. <laughs> Actually, captain now, right? is that it? Yeah, captain. So, praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, You get me today. I hope that's all right. Somebody came up to me before the service. They said, are you working today or are you still loafing? I said, well, (laughs) I'm in, you know, praise the Lord. So it's all good, but appreciate Pastor Brian's. What a wonderful job he did for the last couple weeks, and we appreciate that. Hallelujah. I don't have an outline for you, although uh, I know for all you melancholy folk, you probably really like those. Uh, but you can fill in the blank. You can still take notes, okay? You just, just a little more work. It's all right, you know. And so it'll be good. y'all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 14. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online. We're glad that you can be with us this morning. Hope you have a Bible there someplace where you can get it out. And let's behold wonderful things together from the Word of the living God. Would you pray with me before we get started? Father, we love you so much. And we thank you for this privilege that we have to gather in the name of Jesus with freedom and liberty. Father, unhindered, unchecked, Father, we can come and go as we please. And we're so thankful for that freedom today because not everyone has it. So, Father, as we take these few moments um, that we have together, Father, I ask you to help us, each and every one of us, to understand what it is that the Spirit of God is saying to the church. I ask you, Father, to open the eyes of our understanding that our hearts may be enlightened, to not only know what is the hope of your calling, Father, but to be able to walk within the integrity of your word and to be blessed and to be a blessing. And so we just thank you for your goodness and mercy here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Uh, Let's look at this verse of Scripture because if I don't read it, you know how it is. Sometimes I get going and then we never see our text for quite some time. How many of you understand that? So, notice with me, if you would, here in John chapter 14, something Jesus said to his disciples prior to his suffering. He mentioned this, just one verse of Scripture there in verse 21. Jesus wouldn't take it out of its context. He that has my commandments and does them. He it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and, now notice this, will manifest, or some of your Bible translations may say reveal, so it says, and I will manifest or reveal myself to him, hallelujah. This morning... uh, I want to talk to you a little bit more about encountering God. For the last two weeks, Pastor Brian's been talking about encountering Him. And I'd like to continue to share with you a little bit, uh, really uh, along these same, very same lines of this most important subject, especially in the light of the days in which we're living in. Hallelujah. I mean, we need to know our Heavenly Father, amen, as we are known. And so it requires something of us. And if you recall, Pastor Brian dealt with the matters of choice and committing. You all remember that? If you watched online or something like that. And in other words, as believers, we are faced with a choice of deciding what our greatest priorities are going to be. How many of you know God ought to be first? Amen. And so if if life is to go in the direction... That you want it to, really want it to, then he has to be number one. So he dealt with the issues of choice and the priorities of our life. And then he talked about committing to the pursuit of those values in order to genuinely encounter God. Jesus said, If you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. How many of you know, whatever God says, he always tells the truth? So as we do so, and of course, a big part of that dynamic is, is what does it mean to draw near to him? And perhaps we'll talk a bit about that as we go along. And then Pastor Brian also outlined the pathway towards practice um, that, that would bring this encounter. And you can look back in the notes and things that he provided there. We won't take time. But, you know, he used Mary and he used Paul as examples And essentially, Mary was just saying, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. You know, when Jesus shows up, you better listen. huh? I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity to learn what I can from the master, even though there are all these distractions and things we're trying to deter or to keep her from that moment of encounter that she had with him. Then the Apostle Paul, he just basically said, there's nothing in this world that you can obtain any kind of thing that you might be pursuing in the way of achievement or accomplishment that is compared to knowing Christ. And he said it that he said it that way because he said, I've been there. He said, I chased everything that everybody thought was supposed to be such a big deal. And, you know, he was a big deal until Jesus uh, until he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Then he was no deal. You went from big deal to no deal, you know. And so a lot of times, you know, with uh, the ambitions that we, personal ambitions, I guess you would have to say, that we have sometimes we can miss the whole thing. How many of you know God doesn't want you to miss anything? But you've got to put him first. And really, again, that's what Paul was talking about. So, so we have this, this matter of, you know, making the right kinds of choices, committing to them choices. But I want to talk to you about encountering God from a little bit different context, okay? And the reason being, as I mentioned earlier, is, is there's so many things that are going on in the world today. And, that, and quite honestly, there are a lot of Christians that are confused about things. And so my endeavor here is, is to um, help you to be able to encounter your Heavenly Father in a biblical kind of way, in a, gen- a genuine, authentic kind of an experience that we should and can have with him. Because, you know, when you start talking about encountering God, you know, I think we need to define our terms here a little bit. What do, what, what do we mean by that? In other words, you know, what does that look like from a biblical perspective? How, how do I encounter him? And where do I encounter him from? Because, you know, we live in the natural and so often, you know, people want to see something, you know, in the natural. It's kind of like, you know, the Jews of old that said, show me or give me a sign. Well, you don't need a sign. You need to believe the word of God. And I'll, I'll, I'll get into that more as we go along here. But, you know, <clears throat> so, so when we ask about this matter of encountering him, what, 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 how do you define that? What does that mean? Are we talking about goosebumps? You know, sometimes people get goosebumps. You know, they say, wow, God's here, hallelujah. And certainly he can be. Uh, are we talking about some kind of a feeling? Is it something emotional? You know, get all revved up. You know, if you come out of a Pentecostal background, you know, they, they were into the emotion, you know. And they thought that, you know, this is the way that you, quote, unquote, encounter God. But sometimes all of that emotion is nothing more than just a fair show in the flesh. You know what I'm talking about? Am I in the right house? you all awake, aren't you? Okay, and so you know, is it something emotional, something sensational, spectacular? You know, does that define an encounter that we may or may not be having with God? Something quote unquote supernatural. Here's the definition that Pastor Brian gave in his um, lessons for the last couple weeks. When it when we talk about encounter, it means meeting or experience or to have an experience with another person. If you have an encounter, my wife and I, we can have an encounter with one another. You know, she can say, uh, you know, I want you to go uh, mow the lawn. I say, I don't want to mow the lawn. And all of a sudden we have an encounter. It's not really a very good one, but we got one. You know what I'm saying? So again, his definition is is said to, to meet or to experience or have an experience with another person. Now, note with me, if you would, our text that we took from John chapter 14 and verse 21. What did Jesus say in this particular scripture? He said, he that has my what? He that has my commandments loves me. He went on then to uh, to say, he that loves, or uh, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him. And notice it says, and I will what? Manifest or reveal myself to him. So again, how does that occur, you know, in our individual lives as believers? Well, let me, let me offer you a couple of pretty practical examples. And it might, be a, it might be, you know, that you're thinking, well, you know, there's no, there's no zest to that. There's no, that's kind of lackluster. I mean, you know, that's not what... But we're just talking about a genuine biblical encounter with God. Isn't that right? How do I encounter him? Well, let me ask you an important question. You know, when we pray, do we encounter God? You're not sure how to answer that question. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that when you pray, are you not talking to God? So by definition here, meeting or to have an experience with another person, when you pray, you're having an encounter with God. Would you all buy that? Yeah. You say, yeah, but there ain't no goosebumps. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a minute. You know, but you are having an encounter with him, are you not? You say, yeah, but he never talks to me. You know, I mean, he never talks back. Well, sometimes he does, you know, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. But here's another, here's another thought in talking about encountering God. When you read the Bible, is that an encounter with God? It really is. And the reason that I say that is, is I, I just asked the question, isn't he talking to you? Huh? See, the word of God, not only does it contain the words of God, it is God's word to you. So when you and I read the verse of scripture in, in John chapter 14 and 21, when Jesus said He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he said, He that loves me, my Father will also love him, and we will manifest or reveal ourselves to them. So, again, the question is always well, how's that going to happen? Well, I'd like to suggest to you in a very practical, simple way, when you pray, you're encountering him. When you read the word of God, if you read it in the context that this is God, the Bible is God speaking to us. Right? Everybody say that. The Bible is God speaking to me. So if I want to have an encounter with him, then I can open up the Bible to the New Testament particularly, and I can begin to read. And I can begin to see, and I can begin to know, I can begin to hear, I can begin to understand the heart of Jesus and God the Father with regard to His will for my life. Hallelujah. But see, the thing is, is that, you know, we want some kind of a sweet pill of emotion is what I would, I kind of, and I, and I love it, man. I love it when the Holy Ghost shows up, praise God, and there's a big blessing in His presence, and that's wonderful. But yet, right on the other hand, you know, sometimes people, they live so in the natural that they miss, you know, the, the, the supernatural and what it is that God wants to, you know, talk to them about or deal with them about, you know. When we pray, we have certain needs in our lives Well, we can go to the Word of God. We can find out the answers that we need to, you know, have for that. So he said that when, <clears throat> if you have his commandments and keeps him, those are the people that love him. And those that love him, he said that he and his father would, mani- would love us and then also manifest himself to us. Now, how, would you, how many of you, let's see, I don't want to do this. Um, yeah, I'll be all right. You know, I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. How many of you would like to have an encounter with God right now? Okay, so take your Bibles or your devices or whatever, lay them aside, and let's everybody stand up. <clears throat> Y'all ready for this? Okay, let me share a couple of scriptures with you. And then I'm going to invite you to um, put into practice, a, 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 it's actually a spiritual exercise. Now, I know some of you will stand there and go, I don't know why we're doing this. And I know that some of you kind of, you know, just kind of whatever, I can't wait till this is over. And, and then the rest of you, you probably, you know, you'll, you'll get into a little bit, and some of you, I mean, you'll just jump full on, you know, let's take the deep dive, okay? All right? Say, well, this is kind of spooky. We've never done this before. Well, you really have. You just don't know it. Hallelujah. Let me read a couple scriptures to you first so that you know that we're being scriptural. We wouldn't want to do anything, you know, that would, uh, you know, get you all jacked up because while we really did something out of the ordinary uh, at church today, And uh, what's that all about? Now, the Bible says in Psalm 34, now again, the Bible is who? God speaking to who? Us. Us. All right? So he says, this psalmist said, by inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I will bless the Lord only when things are going great. No, he said, I will bless the Lord when? At At all times. So if I'm to do that, then I can't necessarily go by the way I feel. You know, we were down on the campus at Rama. you know, uh, for the, uh, it was an international uh, Winter Bible seminar. And we went to the services. There were three services in the morning and then one at night. And, you know, we got to about Wednesday or so. And I got to tell you, you know, on Wednesday, you know, I was, I'm, I'm in this service and I am not feeling it. Okay. You know, been out and visiting, you know, probably didn't get enough sleep, whatever the case might be. And so, you know, there's no feeling to it. But yet, right on the other hand, as we were invited or prompted or whatever, I just jumped in. Why? Because I'm not going to live by the way I feel. Huh? Huh? You know, I, I, I welcome feelings. I thank God for, you know, joy and peace and happiness and all of those different kinds of things. But at the end of the day, man, God's still God and He never changes. So it says here, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my, what's that say? My mouth. My, mouth. my soul will make their boast of the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, Can you hear the emotion? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. He heard me. Hmm, Interesting. And delivered me from everything I was afraid of. You know, today you're sitting there, you know, or standing right now, but I mean, you're there. And you're afraid of this and that and the other. You ought to take this verse of scripture and apply it. So that your fears can be removed. You say, well, I don't much believe that works. Well, that's because you're an unbeliever. You're an unbelieving believer if you're a child of God. But you, you, are you getting this? Yes. Huh? Notice what it says again. Now, I, you know, you have to take his word for it. But he said in verse 4, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my, what's that word? Fears. fears. Now, you say, we've been standing quite a while. Listen, dude, I stand here all day. So just get over it. You'll be all right. Psalm 100. The psalmist says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. When I grew up Lutheran, okay, and um, in, in the Lutheran uh, um, culture, if you want to call it that, you know, um, it can be very stoic, very, um, very rote, you know, by rote, and, and you go through these things. So, so that's, that's what you come to understand in terms of an expression of, quote-unquote, worship, all right? Well, you know, when I was 19 years old in August of uh, 75, I got saved. I mean, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, and he changed me from the inside out. And so I'm, down, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out this journey with him. And all of a sudden I realize, you know, that there's, there's more that God wants me to experience. I ended up going to what we would call a charismatic or a uh, full gospel or a, uh, sometimes people refer to them as a spirit-filled church. It was actually an assembly of God church. And um, so when I went there, um I, I we're so hungry for God. I mean, we're down here on the second or third row. I mean, we want to get in there where it's close so we can, you know, not be distracted. And I'm not saying anything about the ones of you that sit in the back. Okay. So, you know, but anyway, we were just there. Well, so they started singing. Now realize we are not accustomed to their expression of worship. And and we we, we get in there and they start, you know, the guys you know, doing his thing and leading the, uh, everyone and singing, and all of a sudden, people start raising their hands. How many of you thought that was really strange when you seen that happen? Let me see your hand. Okay, look, look around. Don't you know? Most people, you know, when they walk into a church, you know, where they raise their hands, it, it's like, and I did the same thing. I said, "My God, where? How did I get here? Where am I?" Why? Because their expression was so much different than what I was accustomed to. But I found out, and I discovered when I looked at what they were doing, you know, they had a smile on their face. There was an expression on their countenance that, that, that led me to believe, you know, I don't particularly understand this, but those people seem to be having a good time. Huh? So, you know, guess what? I read in the Bible, it, it says, lift up holy hands. Okay, we're biblical, you know. But again, that wasn't, and then, you know, and then they started, you know, shouting and praising God, you know, and all this kind of business, you know, and, and, you know, like one, one person said, you know, why are you having to shout so much? You know, God's not deaf. And they said, yeah, but he ain't nervous either, you know. But again, these things brought this expression upon the countenance of these people that I didn't know anything about. But I tell you what, I looked at it and I said, I want me some of that. And I just jumped right in, praise God, been doing it ever since. So this scripture here, Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands, and serve the Lord with gladness, and come before His presence with singing. He said, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It's He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture." He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. You may not feel like thanking God, but you ought to thank God anyway. Are you listening to me? Because he's worthy to be praised. And he is worthy to be thanked. You know, But if you're going to let your flesh dominate you, you know, then chances are not much is going to happen where your life is concerned, at least in that context. But it says, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Why should we do it? Because the Lord is good. His mercies are everlasting and his truth endures to every generation. So this is what I'm going to invite you to do. Okay, we're, gonna, we're talking about having an encounter. I want you to have an encounter with God. But what you're going to have to do is you're going to fi- you're gonna have to forget about the person on your left or right because, after all, we're not talking to them. And we really don't care what they think about us. Right? Why? Because we're having a conversation with Him. And all I want you to do for just a few moments is that I want you just to worship God with me. Let's have an encounter. Okay? Now, here's the thing you need to understand. Most of the time, when you invite people to do this, they'll do it for a little while. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, hallelujah. You know, and then they say, Isn't this about over? You know, but what I want you to do is I just want you to push through just a little bit further. Would you be willing to do that with me for a moment? And I just want you to just praise God and worship God and take this and get it connected to this and listen what it is that's going on and just allow from your innermost being that there be a praise and a thanksgiving to Him. Thank Him that you're a child of God, that you're born of the Spirit of God, that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And just worship God with me for just a moment, and we'll all have an encounter. Everybody say encounter. We'll all have an encounter with Him. That be all right with you? All right, let's do that. Raise one hand toward heaven if that helps you. Glory to God. Come on, let's just worship God for a minute. Father, we thank you today. Glory to God. We thank you for this day that you've made for us to rejoice and to be glad in you. Lord, we lift up our voices to you, Father, in praise and adoration. We thank you, Father, that we are your children. Oh, Father, I'm so glad that I'm your child, that I'm born of your spirit. Praise God that you saved me, washed me, cleansed me, and redeemed me, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in our lives. Thank you, Father God, for healing. Thank you, Father God, for provision. Thank you for everything that you have provided for us so that we have no lack, no deficiency, no need. Oh, my Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Glory to God upon the church and upon those, Father, who name the name of Jesus. Father God, help us. To be your people, Father, that burn as a bright and a shining light. Oh, how we praise you. We magnify you. We worship you, Lord. We glorify your name. Glory to God. Thank you, Father God, for saving me with your blood. Glory to God. Changing my life. Blessing, Father, all the things that are in my life. So thankful I am to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you. Glory to God, glory, glory, glory to God. Amen, hallelujah, glory to God. Now, you know, we could go on for quite a long time, couldn't we, huh, couldn't you? You know, sometimes you just have to push through you know, your flesh, it you doesn't want to praise God, but you've got to tell it what you're going to do, not it tell you what you're going to do. And you can magnify Him. And I'll tell you what, praise God, if you'll stay in that place and you'll worship God, magnify Him, I'll tell you what, glory to God, peace will come to your heart. They'll come, a, um, how, how can I say it, arise a, a in the consciousness of God being in your life. But we don't, we, usually we don't do it. We just don't do it. You say, well, how come? Well, I don't know. We just don't. We don't take time. We don't whatever, you know, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, praise God, God wants us to be filled with the Spirit. You know, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you. And that's all, essentially all we did. And it was very brief. Amen? Because I didn't want you to get all wore out, or, you know. Praise God, you may be seated. Bless you. You say, well, I didn't encounter anything. Well, (laughs) uh, yes, you did. You just don't know it. You know, sometimes these things, because people spend so little time, you know, worshiping God and magnifying Him, they're indistinct to them. I'm not talking about being spooky here or anything of that nature. But, you know, somebody... um, an example, we just flew down to uh, Tulsa for this, this meeting down there. And so it had been, I don't know, it had been a couple weeks or maybe more bef- since I'd been in the plane. Okay. Well, so, so in other words, you know, as far as um, checklists and, and these different things, they weren't necessarily um, just second nature. So I got to go down checklist. I got to make sure everything's going on, and you know, or, I mean, everything's right, and this, and that, and the other. But you know, people that fly every day, dude, it's it's second nature to them. I mean, they still have their checklist and they have everything, but they it's like boom, 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 boom. Why? Because they're familiar with the environment, okay? And so uh, they're gonna they're gonna move through that. I guess is the best way maybe to say that uh, more quickly than the person who who has been out of the environment. Well, the same thing's true with us, you know, when it comes to spiritual things. You know, if you don't spend any time with God, it's like it's like the person that goes to the party and you're standing around and you're going, I don't really know anybody here. And he's there, you know. But, but you have to, you know, step up into the conversation and begin to interact with so that you can become more comfortable with. And the more time you spend, the more, uh, more comfortable you become. Does that make sense? Okay. And so… <clears throat> It's in that environment that, that he can speak to us. So we have to, and again, the reason I bring these things up is, is a lot of times when we talk about having an encounter with God, a lot of people are looking for something flashy or something, you know, uh, out of the ordinary. Well, I tell you, God really moved. Why is that? Well, somebody went running across the front of the platform. Well you know what, Just because somebody runs across the platform doesn 't mean God showed up I mean god 's here whether anybody runs or not You, you understand where i 'm coming from, and so it, it's important to understand this thing about feelings i'll tell you a story. Uh, Brother Hagan talks about this story he was uh, he was preaching somewhere, and this woman came up to him and uh, asked uh, for his his prayers, Um, actually, the woman came up to her in behalf of a 39-year-old daughter. And this daughter um, had gotten ill and sick, and so I think the mother obviously came up and and asked if he would pray over a prayer cloth. Remember the Bible says how God wrought special miracles through the hands of Paul where they brought handkerchiefs and aprons you know, to him, and he laid his hands on, saturated those, those pieces with the anointing or the power of God, and they went and took them places and they got healed. You say, Can God do that? Yeah, evidently it's in the book of Acts. Amen. Because somehow or another, their uh, cl- uh, uh, cloth will absorb the power of God. Now, don't ask me, you know, how to explain that. I don't know that. But anyway, this woman had brought a prayer cloth and asked Brother Hagen to pray for her. So he did. Well, then she jumped in a car and drove 300 miles to where her daughter was in order to put this prayer cloth on her. Now, you have to understand, she was admitted into the hospital. They discovered that she had a tumor, but then they also discovered that she was diabetic, and so they were trying to, you know, deal with the diabetic parts before they could deal with the other part, and she fell into a coma. Well, that's when Mom went to the meeting and asked him for the prayer cloth. So she drove 300 miles to where this uh, daughter of hers was and, and uh, went into the hospital room and uh, back then they had these oxygen tents on people and so she took that prayer cloth and, and she put, you know reached up underneath that, that uh, oxygen tent and put it on her chest and the moment that that cloth hit her she revived, she came awake out of this coma because three doctors had said she'll never revive, this is it You know, God can do a lot of things when men say it ain't never going to happen. How many of you know? And so anyway, when that prayer cloth hit her, the power of God went into her and revived her. And not only that, but she was healed. She got saved, filled with the Holy God. I mean, you know, this all happened in one application. And she's in her bed, and she is worshiping God, praying in other tongues. And the nurses are going crazy. And then, you know, they brought the doctor in there, and, and uh, she's saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, thank you, Lord. You know, and, and so there was a moment, you know, when you get set free, you get pretty happy, all right? Some people will say, well, that's just nonsense. Well, you can say whatever you want about it, but I've seen people watch football games, and when their team wins, they go nuts. And we don't think nothing about that, do we? Well, you know, when you're on a deathbed, or, you know, the doctors say you're never going to revive, and you get up, that's a good thing. That's something to get excited about, something to shout about. Glory to God. So anyway, she was healed. And so, you know, the doctor said, well, that's great. That's great. But we, we got to calm her down. She can't be, you know, r- you know, thrashing around and all this and that and the other. So the nurse gave her a shot, you know, to try to calm her down. Never even affected her. She just went right on, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> and was healed. So as a result of all of that, you know, they got to the end. They got ready to check out. And, uh, and uh, the doctor said, well, we we're not going to charge you anything. We didn't do anything. He said, there's a higher power that did this. And sure enough, that's true. They let her go free. I don't expect that to happen these days. But anyway, so three years later. Everybody say three years later. She's 42 years old. And at 2 o'clock in the morning... Say, never visit anyone at 2 o'clock in the morning. Say that with me. 2 o'clock in the morning, this woman and her sister show up at Brother Hagin's doorstep and knock on the door. Now, if you've been at a good sleep, you know, you just soon not be disturbed, right? So you could be a little, well, grumpy. All right? So here she is, 42 years old, and she ends up on his, uh, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning, and she's got another tumor. Okay. So Brother Hagen invited him in, you know, and he, you know, said, well, it's not a problem, you know, praise God. You've been healed once, you can be healed again. You know, we'll lay hands on you and praise God, you'll be healed. And she went on then to say with tears, she says, well, I don't really care whether I get healed or not. Really, if I could just get back to where I was with God, I would just as soon die and go to heaven. Well, guess what? You don't have to die and go to heaven, praise God, but you can still get back to God. Well, he assumed because of what she said that she had somehow or another what we refer to as, you know, gotten out of fellowship with God. Uh, We we refer to it sometimes as backslid, living in the world, whatever. She'd done some kind of, you know, really bad thing or whatever. And so he just, you know, he said, well, listen, you know, God's a God of forgiveness. Excuse me. And he'll forgive you. He said, uh, and he shared some scriptures with her from the Bible about forgiveness and this and that. And he says, listen, we'll just get right here at the couch and we'll get down on our knees and, and you can talk to God and ask him to forgive you. We'll, we'll pray with you, but you don't have to pray to us. You just pray to him and tell him your story, you know. Well, so, so they're about to do that, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and she says, well, I tell you, Brother Hagin, I've searched my heart. And if there's anything that I've done wrong, I don't know it. Well, now he's ticked. He said, I got disgusted and aggravated. He said, and he said, I spoke to her a little harshly. You know, he just said, get up, get up, get up, get up off there, sit on the couch. You know, he says, here I am in a good sleep, two o'clock in the morning, you come and you tell, you know, blah, 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 you know. And, uh, and uh, he said, if you haven't do, done anything wrong, what in the world makes you think that you need to get back to God? And she said this, well... It's because I don't feel like I used to. You know, a lot of people, they get saved, turned on the Word of God. I watch it all the time. People come in this church, they get turned on the Word of God. They come down, and they say, Pastor, man, I'm telling you what, that's the greatest thing, you know. And then they want to tell me how great I am. And I said, I'm not that great. He's great. You know, and all these different kinds of things, you know. And they get excited. Oh, they get excited. And they're thrilled about it. But, you know, somehow or another, that sweet pill... You know, if emotion, some, you know, the thing about it is, is when you're incarcerated and you get out, it's glorious. Are you listening to me? You know, but I tell you what, it's just as glorious 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, or 30 years down the road, 50 for that matter. Are you with me? But somehow or another, we don't feel. Maybe like we used to. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you, when you got saved, maybe it wasn't that big a deal. My salvation was dramatic. I mean, all of a sudden, the weight of sin was gone. And it was so much, um, the, 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 the difference was so great about having a heart that was now free, no more consciousness of sin, I had to figure out what in the world had happened to me. How many of you can attest to that? Huh? You know? So anyway, she says, well, I don't feel like I used to. Brother Hagin says, what in the world does that have to do with anything? Now, remember, he's a little disgusted. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. We could be sleeping. He said, if I went by my feelings, he said, half the time, I would think I was backslid. And she said, well, do preachers feel that way? He said, yeah, we're just as human as everybody else, you know. There's no difference in this, you know. And, and she, uh, she said, well, then what do you do? I mean, how do you pray through? Brother Hagin says, I don't pray through, I'm already through. You know, it, it, it's this feeling thing, you know. Just like I talked about on Wednesday morning, I didn't feel like, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel like being there. I could have stayed home in bed. Well, in the hotel room, you know what I'm saying? But no, I went to the meeting, you know. And I said, well, I'll get in the meeting it'll be better. And I got to tell you, I don't think it got better the whole time. You know, we got 8.30 to 9.20, and then from 10, or, uh, yeah, 9.30 to uh, 10.20, and then we got an, another hour and a half meeting from 10.30 till noon. And, and on the last part of that, we're going to pray, because we've been praying for the nations and praying, you know, for this nation. Well, you know, when you ain't got no inspiration, guess what? Prayer is not the, you know, it's not the first thing on your list, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get down on my knees and I'm going to begin to pray. Hallelujah. God give me utterance in the Holy Ghost to pray for our nation and so on and so forth, you know. Not because you feel like it. And, and, and I want to, I'm getting down here where I'm running out of time, but I, I got to tell you this, you guys. In these last days in which we're living, you, you, you need to get a grip on what it is that I'm talking about if you don't have it already. And I'll tell you another thing. Stay in the church. I don't care where you go. I mean, you know, but, but you have got to stay in the church. God, or I should say Jesus, gave birth to the church, and he said that we are not to fail to assemble ourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. There are so many Christians that are not even in church. Well, I don't need that. Well, may I politely say, baloney? You do need the church. You need to be in church. Are you listening? Well, it ain't like it used to be. And you know, there's people in that church that I don't like. Well, maybe you ought to get saved then. Or repent. Huh? Sounds to me like maybe your love has gotten a little cool. i tell you, you guys, people are going to need the church. The church is not perfect. Every church is like a family, and every family has its own personality. But i tell you what, you better be in one. Come on. You know, and you'll have people, they jump around all over the place, you know, we don't have it that, (laughs) we don't have it that way, this, that much out here because ain't nobody else out here, you know, but in urban areas, you know, there's a church on every corner and people, they bounce around all over the place, you know, they're, they're looking for something when the something is already in them. And God wants them to roll up their sleeves and become a part and become engaged in what it is that God's doing through the local church. Are you listening to me? So I say that in the context uh, of of the day and age that we're living in because we see... You know, the Bible talks about the great falling away. Everybody say, I'm not going to be that person. You're not going to be that person. But you have to make a decision that you're not going to be that person because there's all these kinds of things that are going on. I mean, uh, you know, the YouTube prophets. You know, you go on YouTube, man, and I mean the list is long, and they're prophesying all this, and they're all Prophets. Some of them, i tell you what, praise God, they're goofier than a $3 bill. Huh? They prophesy this and that and the other, none of it ever comes to pass. And instead of admitting that they were wrong and they missed it, they, 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 they put the spin on it. Are you with me? Well, anyway, so it becomes important for us. You know, as believers, to make sure. So anyway, back to the gal that had the tumor. Remember her? Brother Hagin. She says, well, so how do you pray through? He says, I don't pray through. I'm, I'm already through. I stay through. He says, I don't have mountains and, and, and valley experiences in my life. Now, Now, bear in mind, we all go through things in our lives that are not the happiest places. But, you know, don't let that change you. And the fact that you just stay here on the top, even though you're doing this. Does that make sense to you? Now, if you go by your feelings, that's not going to work. But if you walk by faith and not by sight, it flat out will work. Are you listening to me? And so she, he said, I don't, I don't pray through them already through. And then he went on to say, uh, <clears throat> you know, she says, well, what do you do then? Uh, he just said, I live this way. And she says, well, what do you do then? She, he said, I'll show you. And so he had her. He said, now I'm going to pray. And I want you to watch. Don't close your eyes. Watch me pray. Okay? And that was the reason for the little exercise that we had earlier. And he just started out. He just closed his eyes. says, Father, I want to thank you that I'm your child. I thank you that I'm saved. Glory to God. Now, he doesn't feel anything. But what's he doing? He's declaring what it is that God has done for him. Isn't that right? He said, I thank you, Lord God, for having filled me with the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord God, that you've redeemed me by your blood, made me a new creation in Christ Jesus, that all the old things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, you know, as he did that for a while, she's watching, he's praying. Well, pretty soon, you know, all of a sudden, it started bubbling up out of the inside of him, you know, up out of his innermost being. all of a sudden, he began to, you know, praise God, worship God, and, and pray in the Spirit or with other tongues and things like that. And when it was all over, she said, your countenance changed. She says, I was watching you, and all of a sudden, your countenance changed. She says, "He, he said, you know, can I do that? He said, sure, go ahead, go right ahead. You know, the Bible says, stir up the gift of God. So she took off. And he says, in, in the story, as he relates it in the book, he says, I don't know that we ever prayed about her for a tumor or anything like that. I think it disappeared, and she went away, and she was good. Praise God. Are you listening to me? So you can do that. And sometimes, you know, especially in the world that we're living in, praise God. In other words, base your faith upon the Word, not the way you feel. Remember, we're talking about having encounters with God because you can't understand yourself by feelings or emotion because you'll be all over the place. You're happy today. You're in the dumps tomorrow. And then you go through a whole week, and you can't wait to get to church or talk to somebody or whatever to get up. Sometimes, you know, you have to resist. Everybody say resist. The temptations, uh, you know, because the God of this world uses discouragement, he uses, you know, depression. He uses all of these different kinds of things to make an assault against you to get you to quit, give up, lose heart, you know, and, and, and not keep going. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So it's in those moments when you're sensing those kinds of things that maybe you just have to pull it up, praise God, stop, and begin to worship God. Because the Bible says that praise stills the enemy and the avenger, are you listening to me? Well, you know, I've been watching Fox News. Well, maybe you need to stop watching Fox News. Huh? Yeah, but, you know, Fox News is conservative, and they're good, and they're this and that. Listen to me, dear friends. Every news media outlet needs drama because that's what sells. And so you can get they can get you all revved up about this, that, or the other. Are you listening to me? You know? And so I'm not saying anything. If you want to watch Fox, then have at it you know what i'm saying but i think what happens is is people listen to it listen to it listen to it and then they get they get bumped listen jesus christ is coming again all of these things that you see happening these are all things that jesus said would happen he said you will you will uh, hear of wars and rumors of wars and he, what did he say see that you be not what Well, a few of you got it. See that you be not what? Troubled. 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 In other words, he said, all these things must come to pass. There is this alignment that's taking place with these nations. All of these things are coming into play for Jesus' return. You say, yeah, but, you know, what about the world? What about this? What about the other? Well, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that there's, we're going to have some perilous times. Matter of fact, why don't you turn to 2 Timothy, and let's go over here for a little bit. How many of you still glad you came? Yeah. Hallelujah. Base your faith on the Word, not on the way that you feel. Hallelujah. You just have to understand, you know, understand yourself as a believer, as a born-again believer. Filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and follow after what, the, what uh, the Bible says about you. Okay, 2 Corinthians, or what did I say? 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, I think. Let me get over here. 2 Timothy, chapter 3. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. I, I encourage you, everyone, Listen. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Take some time. Worship God. It it will change you. It'll change your attitude. It'll change the way you feel. It'll change all of those different kinds of things. Why? Because there's an expression. And you say, yeah, but I've done that, you know, and I don't really feel anything or, you know, just kind of the same thing. Stay with it a while. Amen. Stay with it a while. Amen. Praise God. Because sometimes, you know, we got all this weight on us, you know, and... Um, um, it, it just takes a while to get where it is that we want to go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right? You know, if I got a, uh, a job to do at home, you know, I'm going to dig a hole and I got to get to six feet. You know, I <laughs> the first foot, it's not too bad. But then you get to two, three, four, and five, and guess what? We're not having fun. But you know what? Praise God, we're going to keep on keeping on, and we're just going to move on down, and we get to six foot. Praise God. We got ourselves a nice grave for somebody. Anyway, no, that's not what we're talking about. But you understand the concept, you know. Sometimes you just got to shake that old snake off into the fire. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, at least in the beginning until we get our head wrapped around some truth and things, you know, uh, it, it, it can be, I guess you could call it work, but I don't know that that's necessarily the right definition, But you just got to stay with it. Say, no, uh uh-uh, praise God. I'm not living in the valleys anymore. I'm going to experience mountaintop. Hallelujah. And where the blessing of God is. So notice this with me here. Um, um, Is this where I want to go? Must be. Hallelujah. Um, (laughs) Hallelujah. I missed a big part there. Okay. Well, anyway, um, notice here. Uh, let's look at uh, verse twelve. This is Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse twelve. Notice it says, "Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer what." Listen, you guys, you you can do this. You don't have to. You got thicker hide than that. I mean, just because somebody says a little something, you know, about you or against you or whatever, you know, or whatever, praise God. Don't let that deter you. Huh? Stephen was being stoned, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So when people make these statements and when they do whatever it is that they do, a lot of times they they don't know what they're doing. You know, they may be being, you know, as an instrument of the, of the devil or something like that, you know, trying to bring you down. But, man, don't let that deter you. Because everybody that lives godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. When you're a, I mean, you see it already. I mean, if the devil had his way, man, he'd close every church door. There wouldn't be no church. And and I mean, you know, all of those kinds of things. We're seeing it up north in Canada, you know, and different things of that nature, trying to squelch what it is that God said the gates of hell will not prevail against. I don't care what he does. He's not going to prevail. Why? Because God said he wouldn't. So I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to believe that. You say, yeah, but, you know, what if you end up in, in prison or in jail? Then I'm going to be in prison or jail. A lot of other folks went to prison and have been in jail. These two letters that were uh, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, Paul was in jail. When he wrote his, his, his letter to the Philippians, he was in jail. All right? Why? For the sake of the gospel. You say, are you willing to do that? Absolutely, man. I'm not going to let the devil or anybody else that is a cohort of his keep me from preaching the gospel. Are you listening to me? You say, well, I don't want to go to jail. Well, you know what? Three squares and a bed. You know, hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. What is your level of commitment? How much do you love him? Wow. Pastor, I didn't know you were going there. Why well, I didn't either, but I just kind of threw it out there for you. God doesn't want you to be weak. He said to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So everybody lives godly in Christ Jesus is going to suffer some persecution. Uh, what we got going is mild compared to things that are going on in other parts of the world. Notice with me, if you would, in verse 13. This is the verse that I wanted us to see. But evil men... And seducers or imposters will wax worse and worse, look, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, talking about himself. That from a child, now notice this, you have known the what? The what? Say it again. You have known the Holy Scriptures. Are you listening to me? Of all the things that are going on in the world, my friends, listen to me. You have got to judge what it is that's occurring in the light of the Word. The Spirit and the Word agree. If somebody says, oh, this is the Spirit of God, if it doesn't line up with the Word, dude, it ain't God. I just had somebody not too long ago, you know, they said, they said that God told them that they should do a certain thing. and had to do, you know, in a, in a relationship. And, I, and, and, you know, they, they, they kind of threw it out there and it went past, you know, and they kept on talking. I said, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, back up the train. Can you tell me again what you just got done saying? And so they, you know, rehearsed it. I said, God didn't tell you that. He didn't? No, he didn't tell you that. Because there's nowhere in the Bible that you can find that that behavior is pleasing to God. Are you listening to me? Well, so then the conversation got interesting. You know, people say a lot of things. They say, well, you know, God told me this, God told me that. Well, God didn't tell you that. You just want it that way. Uh oh. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, my friends, you know, you don't have any business in being involved in it. When we first got saved, you know, I mean, they drilled the Scripture into us, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what, you know, communion or fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? You know, there's people that are saved and and there are people that are not saved. There's no in between. You either are or you ain't. Ain't's not a good word. You aren't. Is that the right word? Okay. Yeah, okay. Either are or you aren't. So, you know, my wife and I, we're married and we're uh, um, um, born of the Spirit of God. And we're having to tell all these kids, don't be hanging out and, and dating and messing around and fooling around with unbelieving people. Well, that's not popular. But you know what? God doesn't care if it's popular. Because why? Because that unbelieving person can subvert your life and bring you and take you to a place that you don't want to go. And then pretty soon, you're living just like them, and you're not overcoming, you don't have victory, you're not living the life that Jesus wanted you to live, etc., etc., et, cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. Are you with me? So parents, when you're talking to your kids, and you know, you better know who it is that they're hanging out with. Are you listening to me? Because, again, not not because of me, not because of who I am. It's not about me. I'm I'm just a guy. Okay, everybody say he's a guy. I'm just a guy. But the Bible, everybody say the Bible. The Bible tells you and I not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So don't do it. You say, well, I don't want to spend my whole life, you know, alone or whatever the case. I get it. But, you know, don't you think God's big enough to bring, you know, charming along? Huh? My daughter went through a couple different relationships, and it was painful for her to have to break those relationships off, and then all of a sudden, here came Glenn. Bum, 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 bum. You know? All because of Angela and Yoder, or Brian, I should say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, she suffered. Yes, she went without. Yes, she had to endure. But thank God my daughter didn't settle. Are you listening to me? You say, well, that's not an easy road to hoe. I get it. I totally get it. But I tell you what, praise God, if you want God's best, huh? I said, if you want God's best, then you got to do it His way. So notice with, with me again here in this 15th verse, because I wanted to bring this uh, into, uh, well, i got to stop someplace. <clears throat> you have to understand I am preached for two weeks, so give me a break. Notice it says that from a child you have known the holy scriptures that are able to make you, what's that word? Wise unto salvation through faith that's in Christ. Now notice he says, all scripture, everybody say all of it. All scripture scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. Hallelujah. For reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man or the woman of God may be complete or perfect as the King James says, thoroughly furnished or equipped unto every good work. So I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who's going to judge the quick and the dead, at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. So what, what is it that Paul's talking about? He says, you know, evil men and seducers or imposters are going to continue to grow, and they're going to be all over the place. Isn't that what he said? But you have known from a child the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise into salvation, huh? And then he goes on to say, you know, that all scripture is God breathed by inspiration of God. Hallelujah. So it's not, it's not that when you read the Bible, it contains the words of God. It literally is the word of God. Huh? Are you with me? So so in the context of that, what he's doing is he's pointing Timothy, you know, because that's what happens. You guys, dude, we get into these situations where we're having experiencing hardship and we're, you know, or difficulty or something of that nature. And what ends up happening is, is the reality of God's word begins to wane because of the pressure. But the word of God has not changed, nor will it ever change. And so what the apostle Paul is telling him is he's saying, stay with the word, Preach the word, stand on the word, base your life on the word, and don't let all this other stuff subvert or take you or lead you off, you know, into some kind of weirdness. Are you with me? We had goofy people when we were first got saved. I think there's still goofy people around. You know, they want to be, you know, the big deal. And so they got to come up. You know, there's times in our lives where these people would preach and feathers would appear. How many of you remember that? Yeah, they just kind of came out of any, you know, and it was, these feathers were supposedly the feathers of the Holy Spirit, the dove. Guess what? The Holy Ghost is not a dove. That's the first problem we have. So somebody got a hold of one of the feathers and had a research. It was some chicken feather, I don't know where. You know, of course, it wasn't long when she got found out that she was no longer a big deal. But people will make merchandise out of you if they can. You know, there was a time, you know, when there was oil appearing, you know, in the palms of people's hands. And I'm not saying that God can't do something, you know, miraculous or whatever, but when that happened, they immediately would draw attention to themselves and tell everybody about it so that I'm some great one. And a lot of times what would happen right immediately following that is an offering. And they would make merchandise out of people. You see them on television. They want to sell you a miracle thread, a scarlet thread that came from God. Well, they'll say, you know, it came from Jesus' garment. No, it didn't. That was a long time ago, we don't have much of that left. Are you listening to me? But people are gullible because they want, you know, some special sweet pill that's gonna change the whole world, and so they'll, you know, for, for your gift of whatever, we'll send you this scarlet thread, and blah, 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 and it'll just change your world. Guess what, it don't change nothing, except your bank account. Huh? Miracle water. Have you seen that one lately? Dude, I'd like to slap that guy. You know? Or they they say, this water came out of the Jordan River, out of the Sea of Galilee. Well, guess what, dude? It's H2O. But yet they'll use it and make merchandise out of people. Squirrely stuff. Huh? Thanks for your enthusiasm. Sometimes, you know, there was a time when this one guy, had uh, blood would appear on his forehead. You know, a little sleight of hand, pretty soon they got the, ah, you know. They make merchandise out of people because people are looking for something spectacular. They want to see something in the natural. And so they end up doing this. But I tell you again, let me tell you guys, you've got to base your faith on, and your actions, on the Word of God. Amen? Does that make sense to you? And say, yeah, but you know, I would just feel better if you know whatever. Well, stop it. Because <laughs> that's not the way it works. Did you all get that? Okay, what else can I tell you here before I, I leave you go? I remember one time. And, and you know, the thing is, we're all learning. Everybody say, I'm still learning. still learning. Years ago, my wife and I, she was playing the piano, and we had praise and worship. We were over in that building, didn't even have this one. And uh, <clears throat> we had a service, and... You know, um, they sang three songs, but they, they weren't very good songs, and so it was not very good, okay? So, at the end of the song set or whatever, you know, um, I came up, and I just had the inspiration To sing a different song or something like that—I don't remember what it was, you know—and so I said, "Let's, everybody, you know, let's let's sing this song together." And so they changed the deal, and we began to—I think it was a worship song—I don't really remember—but all of a sudden, man, the presence of God came in that building, and I mean, everyone was just—you know—you could sense. And let me let me let me make this distinction: be careful about how you use the word "feel." It's really, you know, I'd say that you should use it advisedly. Okay, it's more just you sense the Spirit of God or the power of God that's in the deal. So we, we began to sing this song, man, and, and, and l- quite literally, the presence of God just fell in the place in that room. Well, then afterwards, one of the people within the department, they said, that's it. I said, what's it? They said, what we got to do from now on is we'll sing three songs, and then you come up and you sing a song with us, and the presence of God will come in. So, in other words, it's like a formula. This is the missing link. This is, this is what it. That's not the way the Spirit of God works. You, don't, you can't put God in a box. And I said, Well, I tell you what, you can forget about that whole deal because that isn't the way it works. But you know, when we all come together, and we all begin to lift up our voices, and we begin to attend to Him, then His presence will come as it's invited, and He will begin to minister, and show Himself strong, and to bless, and praise God so that we can be encouraged. And there's a lot of other things I could talk about, but we got, we're out of time. So we'll t- maybe, everybody say maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll take this another step, you know, about... Um, the fact that, you know, the real you, you are a spirit. You have a soul made up mind of will and emotion, and you live in a body. Well, we're, you know, when it comes to human reasoning, we're, we're familiar with that. The feelings of our body and, and all of that, we're really familiar with that. But when it comes to the, the very essence of what we are as a spirit, God is a spirit. And they that worship him have to worship him in spirit and church. We we know very little about that. We're not really conscious of this inward man that is on the inside of us, and we need to become that way, to listen to our spirit. Because why? Because he said, let's go back to our text. You got time for the text? Go back to the text, John chapter 14. Notice this. Hallelujah. This turned out good. Thank you, Lord. He always does everything really, really good. Have you noticed that? God is just cool. So notice this. uh, Verse 21. It says, He that has my commandments keeps them. He it is that loves me. I'll love him. He'll be loved by my Father. I'll love him. And we're going to reveal... Or I will reveal myself to him. Judas said to him, uh, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest or reveal yourself to us and not to the world? So Jesus answers him. Jesus answered and said to him, if a man loves me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and we will make our home with him or in him. Now, there's a lot of things Jesus said in this thing about the Holy Spirit that we don't have time to get into. So I'll just, I'll close with this. This is an example. And you've had this happen. Probably every one of you. When I got saved, um, you know, I was, obviously, you've got to live in the world in order to get saved. And then you've got to come out. Okay? And so... Um, Part of what it, what I was doing at the time, this would have been in August, the fall of the year. We're playing uh, league uh, flag football, and we're sponsored by a, a lounge, a, a bar. And so we play the football game, then we go to the bar, okay, and drink till we need to go home. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sitting at this bar. You've heard this story before. But I tell you guys, I never had a thought like this in my life, and it really wasn't... It wasn't like there was this booming voice that said, you don't belong here. You know, it wasn't that at all. I was just sitting there with a friend of mine, and, and, and all of a sudden, it came up out of the inside of me. I mean, I didn't know how I know, knew, but I just knew. I don't belong here. I, I, I don't belong here. And, and I think, I don't know for sure, but I think I verbally spun around on, my, on the stool that I was sitting at at the bar. and I said, I don't belong here. I don't know why I don't belong here, but I don't belong here. And so I gave the guy my beers and I walked out and never went back. Why? Because the Spirit of God on the inside of me said, listen, if you're going to live for me, if you're going to be successful, if you're going to have life and life more abundant, it ain't coming this way. You're not going to be able to live in an environment like this, be like this, and all of this and that and the other, and ever have success. Well, I wanted success in Christ. I wanted the freedom and the liberty and the reality of His presence in my life. So I made a choice. And all of you, at one time or another, call it intuition. Call it just a witness on the inside of you. Some type of a, you know, where... Um, You know, maybe you've proposed to do something or wanted to do something and you had a a check. It just didn't feel right. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, that's the Holy Ghost. That is an encounter with Him. Are you with me? What's He trying to do? He's trying to guide you. He's trying to lead you. Amen? And so now, if we want to, we can push that down. We can go ahead and step into this whatever, you know, because we allow our fleshly desires or whatever to take control. But I tell you what, praise God, he'll lead you out of defeat and darkness and all of that into a life of victory, if you'll follow him. Amen? Now, if you want to, you know, the Bible talks about hardening your heart. It talks about, you know, uh, having your conscience seared. Conscience is the voice of your spirit. Did you hear me? When your conscience is bothering you, then you ought to check up and say, what's, what's, what's going on here? i gotta, I got to figure this out. Why? Because God trying to talk to you. You want to have an encounter with God? He's on the inside of you. He'll give you an encounter, praise God. And you know, you can talk to Him. You can worship Him. You can praise Him. You can read the Word of God. And He'll talk to you. He'll speak to you about your life. He'll tell you how to, how to you know, the direction that you should go. He'll help you in your parenting. He'll help you in your marriage. All of those things. I guess it's in the Bible. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad for that? All right, we need to bow our heads. Praise God. Father, we love you so much today. We're so grateful. God, I thank you for this opportunity, really, to stand in this pulpit, Father God, as a pastor and communicate to these, your people. So I trust, Father, that I've been able to do so in a manner that is understood And that will be helpful, Father, as we move forward in these last days in which we live. God, I thank you for strengthening the church. I thank you, Lord God, for the charge of life that is within us. And as we stir him up, hallelujah, that God, you alone will be glorified. And so we just thank you for your blessing here today, Father God. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Hallelujah. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, let's just pray a simple prayer together. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I choose you. I commit to you to be your follower. Help me, Lord. Guide me in the way you would have me to go. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life in these last days to keep me to sustain me, and to bless me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, we never ever really want to take anything for granted. But, you know, there may be those of you that have never made a decision to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And really, the first step to a biblical encounter with him is, is you have to be born again. Jesus said, "Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven." So if you've never asked him to come into your heart to be the Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity. I don't want to embarrass you, but I just want to I want to give you the opportunity that you say, "You know, I've never done this and I know I need to." Don't do it because, you know, I'm I'm trying to twist your arm. You do it because you know it in your heart that you need to make this decision. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, is there anyone you've never made that decision, but you would say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I want to know Jesus. Is there anyone as I look across the auditorium this morning? Anyone at all? All right, sir. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, thank you. Anybody else? Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. There may be those of you that are watching online. Maybe someone invited you to tune into our, our service here today and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. You know, you can ask him right where you are. And God will come and visit you at that place. When we pray this prayer, you can pray that prayer too. And if you'll just let it come out of your heart, I guarantee you that God will visit you and he'll change your life from the inside out. So congregation, let's all pray together as we help to uh, lead this person to a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Say this with me, everyone. Dear Heavenly Father, I come today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for washing away all of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God forevermore. Isn't that good? Glory to God. Praise God. I'll remind you a little bit later if I don't forget, but if you raised your hand when our service is dismissed, we would love to be able to put some materials into your hands. So if you'd like to just come down after the service here, we'll have some of our people here that provide that uh, to be able to give that to you, and it'll just help you get started in your walk, hallelujah. And then the other thing I wanna suggest to you is, is that the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and the reason I share that with you is, is that sometime, uh, imme- you know, after the service and things, someone that that you feel comfortable with doing this uh, with, I want you to tell them out of your mouth, "I prayed that prayer." You know that pastor, he, you know, he asked us to pray, and 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 I prayed that prayer. Why is that important? Because it cements the decision that you've made, so that. The reality of his presence uh, can begin to work within your life. Going to be a different person, I'll tell you that. Praise God. Amen. Let's go ahead and receive our.